Third and four for the Eagles here. Murphy in shotgun. Here's the snap. He rolls left. He throws. Welcome to the WZBC Sports Podcast, Episode 6. This is our first podcast ever going over some BC hockey. Glad to be joined by two of my fellow board members, WZBC Sports Board, Kyle Maslin and Quinn Kelly, the WZBC broadcasters for this past Friday's game at Harvard. BC fell in that one, halting their winning streak, um, but it's still been a great season so far. So guys, first of all, thanks for joining me uh, on the WZBC Sports Podcast. Thanks for having us, Steve. How you doing? Guys, uh, very glad to have you with us. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, the season so far. Let's start with the loss on Friday night. It was a tough one, and you kind of felt like a, like a game like that was going to happen, especially against a Boston rival that is Harvard. It was at Harvard. Heard it's a pretty tough place to play, a cool arena. Um, if It's going to end anywhere. It probably is going to be there. So you guys called the game. What did you see, and are there things that we should worry about, or, or do you think BC still in great shape kind of going forward? Um, I think to start, uh, to you know, you kind of start at the end and look back, and you can say, and Kyle can attest to this, the way that Harvard celebrated at the end of the game, well, they were so amped up that they had won this game. You remember last year in March, uh, BC was one who ended Jimmy Vesey's career, you know, knocked him out in the first round of the NCAA regionals, and that was, you know, if you read anything about Harvard hockey and then the way they cover that team, that was the best team they've had there in years since they since they thought since their national championship in '89. So it was a huge deal to see VC go and to see that team's run come to a close. And they came in with I think a lot more to play for in this game. They had a lot of returning guys, and BC young freshmen just weren't necessarily up on the same level for that game. Yeah, it seemed like Harvard guys had a long memory. I mean, they had a lot more upperclassmen. They had 15 combined juniors and seniors. We have six seniors, no juniors this year. So that's a big difference. And I felt like we went 2-0 against them last year. We beat them in the Beanpot first round, and we beat them in the NCAA tournament. And I felt like they were tired of hearing about us sweeping them, and they hadn't beat us since, I believe, 2014. Um, I think they were tired of the story about BC constantly beating them and kind of owning Boston lately, along with BU, who had a very good year a couple years ago, losing to Providence in the national championship. Um, I mean, their goalie was fantastic. Madsen, Something in that California water for Boston goalies. Demko came from uh, California, and the Harvard goalie Madsen, he's also from a similar area. Uh, so it really, Madsen was great. It came down to youth. Uh, there was one bad call, in my opinion, on the second goal for Harvard. Joe Wall made the save, and then it looked like there was interference or a slashing as Joe Wall broke his stick, uh, and the puck kind of bounced between his legs, and then it was a cleanup goal. Probably it was number two, Moy, on that. Um, and... Joe Wall was furious. He came over to the bench. He was screaming. He was flailing. He was pointing to the broken stick repeatedly to both Jerry York and the officials and ended up being a review on the play. And I remember thinking they were going to overturn it for this interference call, but it ended up uh, standing. And then the third period started. BC just got a ton of penalties, sloppy, sloppy hockey, and Harvard was able to take advantage between 
shorthanded BC and then a slightly rattled freshman in Joe Wall. Sure, you know, I mean, it is a young team with this BC team, um, and that's an environment they're going to have to just get used to. And it's probably good to have these things happen earlier in the season. We, you know, we have the bean pots of the, of the world kind of coming up and, and later hockey used to play. But, guys, this young team has been really, really impressive so far. I mean, it's it, and it's not just – there's a lot of contributing freshmen, but we have – some younger guys, I mean, Chris Brown's had a really good year, you know, only a sophomore. So Colin White's still only a sophomore, and he was excellent last year, so that's not a surprise to see him back. But they're 5-0-1 in the Hockey East. They're 10-3-1 overall. We believe the rankings just came out today. They're, they're still number four nationally. So some of these young guys are really, really impressive. They, they've, I mean, and no surprise, it was a really good recruiting class. But you think to compete on the national level for a national championship, for a first and four appearance, you need a couple older guys. And they have a couple of them, but you got – really a, a young team with these guys. What do you make of what we've seen so far? I mean, you know, David Cotton playing on, uh, you know, one of the top lines. He's had a great season. And even the Greco, Booth, and McPhee line, the fourth line, you know, they've contributed good minutes so far this year. So what do you just make of this young team from some of the freshmen and maybe some of the sophomores? It's been pretty good for them so far. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And you say that Greco, McPhee, Booth line. I think they had the best line of anybody in Harvard at Harvard on Friday night. And, and Kyle and I talked about it in the broadcast. It's that, what for me at least, watching this team, it's been shocking the way, like you said, it's such a young group of freshmen and so many freshmen, but they seem to be the ones that are playing with the most composure. And it seems like sometimes it's the guys like Ryan Fitz and uh, on occasion Canch who are feeling like, oh, I got to do a little bit more, try to anchor this team, and who end up you know, giving away pucks and, and, and taking penalties because they're trying to do too much. But... The freshmen have come in, and, and they have been very even keel. They've certainly adjusted to the big lights seamlessly. Um, and, and it'll just be a little time, you have to feel, before Fitz and Kanj get their feet under them. And it's funny to say because, you know, they're leading the team in points. So, you know, but there's it definitely looks like there's more that they could be doing. Yeah, I mean, I think Conway falls in the same category with Kanji and with Ryan Fitz. Uh, I feel like because there's been so much talk about it being such a young team that they just put so much more pressure on themselves because they've been great performers for the time here at the Heights. I feel like another thing, I feel like all these freshmen came in with a chip on their shoulder because all anyone was talking about with this year's college hockey season was how good the Boston University freshmen were. And BU's had a tough start. I think they're number seven right now. They just got beat by UConn 4-0. I think it was at BU too, which is not a good look for the Terriers. And I feel like these 13 freshmen got just sick and tired of having everybody laud the crosstown rival, the same street rival even, as we both share, Commonwealth Avenue. Uh, and they just say even keeled. BU, I mean, when you look at the just through the draft picks and draft rights, BU has all the blue collar. They've got the Kentucky draft class, if you want to make yeah, a basketball absolutely. comparison. But we got like, a lot of blue chip guys who play tough, hard-nosed physical hockey. I yeah. mean, I love the way Greco plays. He's a small guy, but he plays like a big guy. He's not afraid of anyone on the ice as a fourth-line center. Um, and I think with a little bit of time, he cleans up some of the penalties that he gets through that uh, attitude. But I think the attitude that he has especially, uh, I think McPhee also is going to develop into a great forward along with Greco. And Cotton, I'm not sure if much was expected from him, but he's been playing great this year. And just watching the guys, I think Booth and Walker have also contributed quality on-ice minutes. So I just think... And the thing about this class is they could stay for years. This isn't, I don't see this being the same exodus that we just had with what would have been the current junior class as they all left. But I see this freshman class staying for three, four years and contributing to leadership roles and 
in, when York's counting down the near the end of his career, um, I think he still has a couple good years left on him. But I think that this current freshman class could be that anchor in leadership that York uh, leans on as, I mean, age wins all, and eventually York's going to want to retire and spend some time with the grandkids. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, Coach York's, you know, who knows how many years he has left. I, I think he's very invested in this current team, as you said, and kind of what can be offered from them. Certainly, you look at it, if a couple of guys could have hung around from last year, you know, maybe if Demko stays. <laughs> yeah. At the, maybe, you know, he's not getting – it's tough to say the development that you get at the AHL level. Ryan Miller probably still has a couple of years in him in Vancouver. If McCaution stays around – McCaution, was, was he at the game? McCaution was at the game. We were talking about this. McCaution was in the booth with us. He's playing out in Springfield. I <laughs> looked that up. I knew he was with Florida. I didn't remember that their AHL team was just, you know, about a couple hours west of here. But, yeah, he, he was at the game. But you said it. There's just so many guys that, that didn't see – you thought at the beginning of the process, okay, it looked like McCaution was going to leave. He was the most highly touted. Past that, Demko was slated to leave, and Colin White was slated to leave. And then you kind of have this exodus. Thank God for the, the GM change in, in Ottawa that kept Colin White here, because I think he's out the door otherwise. But, I mean, there's only one guy who made the opening night roster in Santini. Uh, two, excuse me, Santini and Sanford. Everybody else is in the AHL. And, you know, aside from the cash, they could be getting the same type of development here, it seems like. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think the development, at, especially in hockey, you're, you're playing you know, the best teams in the country. They hang around for a couple couple more years with this team that, that we have right now. That that's that's something you know definitely special, but it has been pretty impressive. And I like you know Kyle, you're talking about these guys seem pretty comfortable out there. They seem like they are, are not scared of the moment. Um, we'll, we'll see when they do clash with BU. Uh, I guess that January 16th, I believe here. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a fun game as we come back for the second semester. Another freshman, Joe Wall, the goalie. Overall, I think he's done a pretty good job. That's just a position by the nature of, of where it lies in sports that it takes that kind of getting used to. Certainly another highly touted recruit. Tough night on Friday night. But overall, Coach York's kind of gotten him subbed in and out. You know, he hasn't played every game. What have your impressions of him been so far? And do you think Friday night's just kind of something you have to go through uh, if you're going to be in this, in this kind of position? Well, I mean, Joe Wall, he's obviously very touted. He, was, he has just draft rights owned by the Toronto Maple Leafs, another young, very good team. Um, when I look at him, I see just a big body goalie. I think he plays very well. Uh, he's a smaller guy, but the way he st- the style of his goaltending, if you look at Ben Bishop, I mean, Ben Bishop's a little bigger than Joe Wall, but he has the same big body kind of post-to-post style in net uh, that I see when I watch the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, and it's a young... Goalie, I think the biggest thing, I think physically he has everything you could ask for out of a goalie. He's 6'4", big-bodied, quick skating from side to side in the crease. But as a freshman, it's that mental block that he has to get past. Like Demko last year, he didn't have, if he had missed a call, he didn't have that screaming fit to the Coach York and the refs about a missed call and then the ensuing, what I deemed a mental breakdown uh, in the period that ensued. Um, I mean, Enquist, I saw him at home. He's a nice goalie, but I don't. He's not. I don't think he's at the same level as Wall. I, mean, I know they were like neck and neck in recruiting terms, but seeing them play, I feel like Wall is the more mature prospect at this point in terms of a big time hockey goaltender. Um, I, I think just Wall get him the experience, and I think just the biggest growth for him right now is that mental stability and consistency that you see out of a more veteran goaltender, like we saw out of Madsen last Friday night. I think the big thing with Wall was that. This is this tied the most goals that he's allowed on the season, which for a young guy, 
five goals. You're bound to have a few of those games. And the fact that he's only had two so far through that was his 10th, 10th or 11th start on the season. Um, and the only other time it happened was in a big win for the Eagles where they had put up a number of goals and he gave up a couple garbage goals late uh, to Wisconsin, I believe. Um, he played fine outside of, as we said, that 90-second stretch where Harvard rattled him off and he just kind of lost his composure. And, you ha- I mean, that's going to happen for a freshman. Like you said, I mean, you didn't see that last year with Demko, but we have to remember that we're kind of starting back at square one. This is Demko 2.0. You know, he's as highly touted as Demko was coming out. He is a big deal. He's a kid who you're not leaning on to stay four years because if he develops on the track that he's supposed to, he's going to be gone. But as far as he's come in and played as a freshman, I mean, 10-3-1 speaks for itself. He's, he's played fantastically. He's adjusted really, really well. And you can't fault him for, you know, a game here and there where it's like that, especially, you know, when it's coming across town in a hostile arena in a big-time game against what's now the nine team in the country. I mean, I thought that he's held up well for most of the season. It helps that Edquist has been strong in any game that they've put him in so far. Um and he's just, you know, if he continues to develop, he's he's going to be Demko in a year or two. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, it's good to see that. It's good to see kind of his development because, Quinn, you're right. I mean, he's, he's on that track. He's he's not the kind of guy you're going to expect for four years. And you don't want to get ahead of yourself. And say, I, I do believe that as good as this team has looked, they are young. And to expect even a frozen four run is, is still asking a lot. It's a long season. But if you can if you can get him to the experience, the development right now, get some of those games out of his out of his way, get some of those really tough rivalries going, he might be more prepared to take on that potential trip, you know, in the tournament when we get there. So so that that's that's certainly a good thing, and that's that's for all that's true for all these guys. You just kind of want you know want to get them in a position to uh, to do that. You know, guys, as we turn our, our um, looks to the schedule, it's been a, it's been an interesting schedule so far this year. We had Arizona State come to town for the first time ever. This is the first time an ASU is competing um, in D1 hockey. They were a club program for so many years. Now they just went full force. I think they're going to be a really successful program in, in years to come. I mean, who how do you, who how wouldn't want to go to Arizona State? How do you State? ASU? <laughs> um, so I think it's really cool. But BC took them down 3-1. Ed Quist started that game, actually, and played very well. Um, one that I want to turn to, though, is the North Dakota game, uh, the college hockey showdown at Madison Square Garden December 3rd. That's a Saturday. It's going to be a really cool matchup. I, I've been looking at this game for a while. We will be sending two of our broadcasters down there to broadcast that game. Um, but, I mean, just think, I mean, some of the, the stuff that these two teams combined for, you know, every year, they're, they're perennial top ten teams. They've combined for 13 NCAA national championships. Uh, North Dakota's the defending national champion. Took down Quinnipiac last year who beat us in the first and four. 47 made NCAA first and fours combined. And they're coming to the world's most famous arena uh, on the third. In the all-time series between the two teams, 23 times they've met. They're 11, 11, and 1. So, so, so this, game's, this game's really cool. So just kind of your thoughts on college hockey and, you know, what the opportunity <laughs> means to, you know, bring two of your best to the most famous arena in the world. Great to see BC one of them, you know, and, and just kind of excitement around this game. Because I think it's going to be pretty cool. It will be televised. Um, and I think it's a good step for college hockey hopefully kind of getting into those ranks and maybe getting outside of just the north a little bit. I mean, ASU, it will, it will take time, um, but hopefully just grows for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is certainly an unpopular opinion, I feel like, especially, you know, I've got a lot of friends that I'll share this with who go to school down the south, but 
I really think, bar none, college hockey is the best college sport out there. I mean, college football has its perks, but college hockey is so niche and it's so it's, the, the crowd is just you can't really beat it. Um, I mean, obviously, going to school here is different. We don't have you know a hundred thousand packing in for a football game and 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 having similar type chants. But I think across the board, you're going to find the most passion in college hockey. And I think, like you said, this is so exciting. These two programs, you know, 23 times over the course of history isn't too, too many meetings. They haven't met in a few years, I don't believe. And they're going to go get to play at Madison Square Garden. That's huge. And it's huge that the Garden decided to pick them up and say, you know what, we're going to we're going to take college hockey seriously. We're going to put this big-time matchup here in a primetime event in the middle of the winter and, and try to get it some coverage. And it's exciting, and, and I'm excited for it just because I think it, it promises to be a little bit more of a close matchup than maybe we suspected at the beginning of the season, the way BC's kind of developed early, and North Dakota looks like they've lost a beat a little bit with the, the absence of the ABC line and everything. So it, it's going to be a great matchup. It's always two teams that play each other well, um, and and I think it's just it's so great that, that you're shining some light on, on college hockey. Yeah, I mean, it's two powerhouses, and I agree with Quinn. Hockey in general as a sport, I feel like, has a unique fan base. Like, football, you have Cowboys fans everywhere. Hockey is one of those those sports where the local uh, fan base just gets rabbed out. Like, if you're in New York, everyone's an Islander. Everyone's a Rangers fan, but if you're on Island, everyone there is an Islanders fan. New Jersey, it's a ton of Devils fans. Philadelphia, it's all Flyers. Pittsburgh, it's all Penguins. And it's usually a lot of that niche stuff. I feel like the spread of college hockey could have a similar effect to the college sport as well. Because BC, I mean, Boston split because we have four, three or four of the best schools in terms of hockey around in college. Um, but if you look, probably look at North Dakota, that's probably one of the most popular teams, period, is the North Dakota hockey team. I mean, I just think that getting this type of recognition and spreading the sport of college hockey is just great for the sport because of how intense fan bases are, but also how localized they are. And this could be a great job to help spread the love of college hockey. I feel like everyone here on the BC campus, especially among another three of us here, have. Yeah, I agree. I mean, hockey is a sport. I mean, you know, being from, from Philadelphia, even when the Flyers have had their down years, they always have a, a phenomenal turnout for every single game. Where it, you turn it to basketball, the Sixers have, have been in – a process that we won't we won't get into right now, but I mean they've really struggled with attendance when they're not winning games, um, and that's probably true for any NBA team. So hockey does draw a unique passion that you don't even see in football. It's it, it's different than the passion in football. It's very different. It's very different. You're right. I mean, into I mean I guess to go to the professional level again, you talk about like a team like the Patriots that are that have been so successful over the last few years, and and you have a fan base that can be kind of complacent sometimes fan but like they, they're there at every game but they're getting loud for the big time games with hockey you know the Bruins had a run five years ago they've been kind of scuffling as of late but you're always going to see that house packed in paying exorbitant ticket prices to get in there but it's just a type of passion that you see night in and night out and, and like you said I don't think you see it in too many other sports no yeah you definitely don't um and Boston is just like the mecca of hockey I mean this is a this is a, a Red Sox and Bruins town despite the, the enthusiasm that is there for the Patriots and Celtics. And you just look at the, the college programs. I mean, you guys were at Harvard. Very unique arena they have, a very unique feel. Northeastern, Matthews Arena, same thing. Conti has its own feel. There's just there's a lot of flavor to it. Um, so I hope that this game can expose people to that a little bit. And, you know, if you're coming across that on, on the TV that night, you don't know much about it, you tune in and say, this looks kind of cool. Um, you know, especially two teams that were in the Frozen Four last year and two teams that – 
will be in it for many years to come, kind of in the future. So, so that's something to keep our eye on. And like I said, we'll be sending two guys down there to broadcast that game, um, which will be really cool. And then we'll actually have guys for, uh, for basketball. Uh, Kyle, you and I will, will, as of now, schedule to get down for uh, when BC takes on Auburn um, in the Under Armour um, Classic on December 12th. So a couple, couple MSG trips to WZBC Sports coming up. That's pretty cool stuff. Um, guys, just to kind of wrap this up, looking at the season going forward, who's a guy for you – that just really needs to step up to make the season all that it can be. Uh, you know, for me, it's Colin White. Colin White's played well. He's third or fourth in the team in points right now. He's got seven goals, but I think there's there's more. You know, there's there's definitely more to see. I mean, his skill level that we saw last season was the truly steps and steps ahead of people. Um, his you know his offensive mindset, his offensive ability is is really impressive. So he's my guy. If I if we can get more out of him. The season can continue to go up and up. How about for you guys? Who's the guy that you're going to look to and say, he's my guy, he plays well, this team's going to keep doing well? For me, my rule in hockey is it starts in the back. You've got to look at that goaltender. If the guy between the pipes isn't at least arguably one of your best players on your team to be a great team, you're not going to be. There's this whole saying, show me a great coach, I'll show you a great goaltender. Uh, teams ride him. The Penguins last year rode Murray, who was the hottest goaltender in hockey, all the way to the cup. The Devils, I'm a Devils fan, they rode Brodeur to three cups. And I feel like when you look at almost every single great hockey team, it's led by that great goaltender. And Joe Wall, as a freshman, he has all the traits that you want to see. You just want to see that continued development. I feel like the BC schedule is perfectly slated for this deep run. Because we started off easy, a relatively easier schedule. We had Denver, who's number two in the nation. But besides that, before Harvard, not many huge opponents. But now we build up. We have North Dakota. We have Providence at Family Park. We play BU twice. We then have the bean pot, and then you build up to the Hockey East tournament, and then to the hopefully what the team should be in the NCAA tournament. So I feel like that's enough progression for Joe Wall to continue to develop and get that mental consist- consistency that I was talking about earlier in this podcast. And like I said, I really just think that that consistency between that six by four mesh net is exactly what you need. Um, no, that's fair. Um, I mean, Steve, I completely agree with, with Colin White. I think that, if anything, it seems like he's scuffled out of the gates a little bit here this season compared to last year. But part of that is having you know, Chris Kalman on your wing versus having Alex Tuck on your wing. So there's a lot more eyes on him. People can focus up more on him. And again, I think that, that Fitz hasn't really um, played his best hockey on his line. But if I had to single out one player for me, it's got to be Cangelosi. Uh, this guy, I think, has, has got to be the most underrated player in all of college hockey. I think that so often the offense lives and dies through him. He's a guy who is has, for the last two years, been the best face-off man in the country, wins at a higher clip than anybody. Um, last year, I remember when we doing preparation for um, the Worcester Regional. He headed into the Frozen Four last year, scoring on 25% of the shots that he took. Like, he just is a guy who knows how to get into areas, and he takes high-quality shots, and when he's on, the offense is on. And, and I think that him being a senior and being a leader on this team is, is going to contribute to him uh, just stepping up for this team and putting himself in positions to really get the offense going. And I think that if he's on, like we, we talked about and Harvard, he had one of his worst nights in the face-off dot that you've seen, and it was a noticeable difference because they rely so much on winning those face-offs in the offensive zone in the positions that they need to win them. So when he's on, the team is on, and when he's off, there's a noticeable difference. So I think I'd have to go with Cangelosi. But I do want to highlight 
I think Casey Fitzgerald and Michael Kim, that pairing there, I think if they're on, the whole defense is on too. Yeah, that's, that's a great line. Um, you see them out there a lot. And, and there's, still, there's also a couple young defenders, uh, you know, in, in Matia and, and Campoli. So we're, you're going to need to turn to, uh, you know, certainly Kim and Fitzgerald. Um, but, yeah, Quinn, I think you're right. Um, Cangelosi underrated the word for him. And, you know, if he's going, this offense is going. Uh, you get him in white going. They're, they're still as good as the season's been so far. It's probably surpassed expectations in comparison to who we've played. Um, there's there's more there's more growth, and that's that's what you get out of BC hockey. This is a this is a phenomenal program. I mean, you know, North Dakota and BC are, are picked for a reason to, to play in this college hockey showdown. They're they're two of the best. It, you know, and by all accounts, it's it's not close in, in some other ways. So. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of growth with this team, and that's what you expect at BC Hockey. So great for us to be here and covering them. Um, and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, to the year ahead for sure. So that is going to do it for uh, Episode 6 of the WZBC Sports Podcast. I want to thank Quinn and Kyle for joining me on this. We want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving as we uh, will, we'll, you know, I'm sure you'll be listening to this around Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't know the WZBC Sports Podcast around oh, Thanksgiving dinner? Of course not. I mean, yeah. that's, you just got to have it on. I mean, yeah. if I can't, I'm sure they're listening to it at home before we get home. That's the, the voice radiates while we're, we're away from home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I know it'll be a staple at all, at all households uh, over the next couple of days. So I'm glad we could bring this to you. Um, so, you know, thanks for listening. Check out WZBCSports.com for more content. And the next WCBC Sports Podcast will be out soon. Check us out on iTunes, WCBC Sports Radio. And uh, we'll, we'll see you soon on the WCBC Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening, and have a great Thanksgiving. Santini, make a nice little pass over to Stanford. Stanford gives you the tuck. Tuck the shot. Tuck scores. Eagles win. The Eagles have won the 2016 Team Championship. <laughs> Catch all the excitement of Boston College Athletics right here on WZBC Newton 90.3 FM. As BC's only student radio broadcasting organization, WZBC Sports brings a different viewpoint of college athletics to the table. Our student commentators know the campus, student-athlete culture, and latest beat on the teams like no other media outlet, thanks to our dedicated coverage of Boston College Sports. Check out our broadcast or weekly talk show schedules at www.wzbcsports.com and get a refreshing take on sporting events at the heights and beyond.